0: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith, how the two come together and lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on 1250 AM, The Fan. Cause
2: I'm just body, trying to tell you. you
1: us, nobody Welcome to Faith in the, in the Zone the on 1250 AM. The Fan, oh, I am Mike McGivern, is. and I've got to tell you, I'm getting a little tired of saying this, but I'm fine solo again this week. It's been over a year. I don't even know if Pastor Ken Keltner wants to be my co-host anymore, but I want him in studio. I can tell you that. I uh, I see him every Sunday, talk to him during the week, listen to him preach, but man, to have him in as my co-host, I look forward to getting him back. and. And hopefully it's sooner than later. I'm excited about today's show. We tried to do this a couple of times. And uh, the equipment here sometimes at Entercom Milwaukee does not, it doesn't work all the time when I'm trying to do Faith in the Zone. If I'm recording any of my other shows, no problem, Matt. But comes to Faith in the Zone, every once in a while the, the equipment doesn't work. And and this man has, uh, he has had a lot of patience with me. And I really appreciate it. He is Ebo Elders. He's a former professional boxer. He's the founder of Reality Ministries and author of a book, The Great Comeback. And we'll talk a lot about that book throughout the show. Uh, Ebo, thanks again for your time today, and I appreciate your patience, brother.
3: Yeah, hey, Mike. Thank you for having me on the show. It's been uh, been fun uh, just in our Talks and getting getting this together has been fun. <laughs>
1: hey, I got to tell you, but for a couple of years, and obviously, I'm not great at what I do sometimes. But I, I, if I'm if I'm looking for guests, I will Google, you know, professional athlete, Christian, you know, um, f- I have had a f- guys that fish for a living, I've had wrestlers, I've had all that, and you're the guy that kept popping up when it comes to boxing, and I was like, man, I got to find this guy. And I want to thank um, Matt Mayer. And we replayed Matt's show last week, and I got a lot of comments. Again, the first time he came on, my phone lit up. Last week, um, we replayed that show because it's such a great story of redemption. And I want to thank um, Matt for introducing you and I, and I I really appreciate um, him and and his story. Hey, Ebo, let's start a little bit with uh, kind of where you grew up and, and how you got into boxing.
3: Yeah, so I grew up in uh, southwest Atlanta, and uh, my my dad dreamed of having a son one day, and uh, and he had determined well before I was ever born that his son would be a fighter. And uh, I have a sister that's seven years older, and uh, my dad just always wanted a boy and always wanted a boy that would fight. So when I was born, I I had a lot of complications. I was uh, three months premature, uh, just over three pounds. Tons of problems, and doctors told my parents I could never play contact sports. Um, you know, but my dad, he he was determined to have a son who'd be a champion boxer. So as soon as I could stand up, he he started teaching me the sweet science.
1: Man, that I tell you what, that is is awesome. And he um is he still with us, Ebo?
3: Yeah, he is. He actually, yeah, he uh, just had his seventy second birthday.
1: Boy, he he must have been so proud. I watched a number of your fights because I, I, and my wife is Terry is listening. And what happens is if if it's you know getting a little bit later in the evening and she's tired or she wants to go watch, you know something she watches on like Lifetime or whatever she watches that I really have no interest. She goes to bed and I go right to okay. Is there something on with boxing? I I do enjoy watching some MMA stuff and that's kind of what 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 I do at at night. And I had a chance, Ebo, to watch a number of your fights and and we'll talk about for sure one of them because there was a fight on I believe it was on Showtime that was unbelievable and and that's a big part I think of. Of what we'll talk about, because you winning that fight—that was a god thing. I, I believe that, and I think you believe that as well. Hey, were you a multi-sport athlete growing up, or were you, were you known as as a boxer?
3: You know, I, from a very early age, I knew boxing would be my career. That that would be my my path. Uh, even even as early as five years old, preschool, I wrote. We still have the paper. It, uh, the teacher would ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I wrote, I love boxing. I want to be a champion. Of course, it was a misspelled, but the passion was there. And uh, so I knew early on what I was going to do. But I've had lots of other interests. Um, I, was, I was a good football player. I raced motocross. I was nationally ranked in motocross. Uh, road raced street bikes a little bit. Uh, played drums as well. Um, and, and I'm, I've been in residential construction my whole life as well. So uh, lots of lots of interest, but we, knew, we always knew boxing would be my, my route for uh, at least for a professional career.
1: You know, Ibo, I grew up, uh, my father was a bricklayer and a mason, and he had six kids, four boys, and he's been gone a long time. But he, look, he told us boys that the worst word in the english language was lazy don't ever don't ever let him call you lazy and i remember as a 7 year old him saying hey look the, when you die on that gravestone it better not say here lies a lazy man and i thought man i'm seven i don't even know where my socks are what do you what and and but he that was that was something that he really instilled in in, in us not to be lazy and i can tell you that you know, the, the, the McGivern kids that have scattered a little bit, a couple of them down in Florida, uh, none of them are lazy. And he made yeah. sure because he got up every day. And here in, in the state of Wisconsin, think about being a Berkeley and a Mason in January, outdoors. yeah that's hard man it was hard and he had those big sausage fingers you know ebo those sausage fingers and when he gave you a little whack on the head in church or (laughs) you know you're coming out of school and you don't get to the car quick enough man it would ring your bell he could he could do it with just the snap of a finger every once in a while and he uh he he certainly had that that i'm going to work every day i'm going to take care of my family and it doesn't matter what's going on in my life. I, I'm going to get up every day. I'm going to get my, my lunch pail. I'm going to go to work. And he worked yeah. hard. And he was so proud of the stuff he did, Ebo.
3: Well, you know, Mike, that's interesting you say that. You know, laziness is something, um, you know, a lot of people, I mean, I've had people recently talk to me and say, you know, I'm just so lazy and, and not in a derogatory, uh, not referring to it in a derogatory way, but almost like it's okay. And, you know, um, laziness, uh, the Bible in the parable of the talents, um, God gets to the ones that he judges, uh, the servants that are judged there. He says, you wicked, lazy servants. And, and you know, God is, you know, he um, abhors laziness. And, uh, and there's a, there's a reason for that. You know, we're, we're called to be hard workers, you know, and and be diligent in what he's called us to. And so from a very early age, I learned the value of hard work, uh, dedication, um, commitment and, uh, and and it paid off well in the ring. It sure did.
1: Well, not only in the ring, but what, you know, when, when, when I talked to you last week, you said, Hey. You know, I I, I I have this construction company and you sent me a picture of a, a home that you guys were doing. And I don't know um, people that I don't know anybody that works harder than somebody in that industry. So you can't be afraid of work. And, and, and I think that that's such a compliment to somebody when somebody else thinks, man, that 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 dude does not. He doesn't shy away from getting up and going to work
3: yeah you know i've just it's been ingrained in me since such an early age and i've worked uh you know 60 hour weeks since i was you know a teenager you know and uh it's always been that way and I, it it may always be that way if the lord you know as long as the lord makes me physically able i'll keep working you know
1: Amen. Amen to that. Hey, um, growing up and, and, and I've done a little bit of research uh, on the show a couple of times, because again, I appreciate your patience with some of the equipment here. You, you had 139 wins as an amateur, uh, boxer. Was there a time within that span that you thought, okay, I'm pretty good at this. Maybe I should start getting paid to do it.
3: (laughs) Yeah. You know, the, the plan for most amateur boxers is to have a lengthy amateur career, you know, just to, to the point that you've um that you're ready to turn pro. Because you know, pro boxing, the best amateurs in the world can be most of the pros in the world, but there's a difference, uh, going from amateur to pro if you're at the very top, you know, and you've gotta be ready for that. You need to be seasoned and kind of come into your own as a fighter. Um and, and and most amateurs know when that happens, when that when it's time to turn pro and and then age and also um getting your worth as a pro athlete, uh getting to a point where you know your worth is maximized before you turn pro. That way you, you turn pro, you get a signing bonus, you know, you you make more money for your fights and um you know boxing it's a sport but it's also a business and a lot of that comes into just figuring when the best timing is to go into the pros
1: hey when um you know again reading a, a number of articles with you when, when you were scheduled to fight Juan Diaz um and then Diaz canceled that that had to be uh, that had to be a tough blow because that was you know you, you had just come off that that win and i talked about it a little bit earlier against courtney burton which if, if guys if, if you want to watch a fight that you just you don't think he's got anything left and something mm-hmm. happens and he ends up winning the fight and then watch what happens about 30 seconds after the win because mm-hmm. that was the that for me that was the coolest part first of all i thought man he they might want to throw the, the, the just throw the towel in I really thought, Ibo, I thought, man, I don't know if this guy's going to survive this fight. And you come back to win it, and 30 seconds as people are going nuts that you won the fight, you kneel next to Courtney and and pray with him. And I just thought, wow, what a great moment for guys like me to to be able to witness that.
3: Yeah, that was was an incredible moment in my career. And and as I look back on it, you know, I, I see that as the... The apex, the, the 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 top of my career was that night, and God used everything to get me to that fight. And then beyond that boxing match, after the Courtney Burden fight, everything was used to get me out of boxing. And um, and, and interestingly, you know, uh, Steve Farley called that the greatest moment in showbox history. Um, that fight was nominated for a fight of the year and Knockout of the Year on Showtime in two thousand four. And I have, I have a message that God, um, birthed in me that spoke to me in that fight. And actually it's called the five keys. Uh, it's called the great comeback, five keys to your comeback. And I've shared that message. Um, I don't know, man, well over a thousand times since that fight. And it's, it's been used to change people's lives. It really has.
1: Hey, the last question before we get to a break, had if you were, let's say, a junior in high school at this point, and I and I told you, "Hey, look, you, you, you know here are the things that are going to happen to you as a boxer," which I you know I could name all this, all this stuff, including a silver medal for the United States in the 1998 uh, Goodwill Games. But if I said to you, "Look, you are going to be um, an author, and you're going to go out and speak to men and, and churches about your life." If I told you that as a junior in high school, what what would you have said to me?
3: Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would have given given it much thought. <laughs> uh, that was definitely not the uh, the path that I had planned out, and uh, and really, it never would become the one that I had planned out. It would be one that that God would bring to fruition, and uh, certainly uh, against my desires at first, even. But, um, but I, I you know, there's no better place to be than the will of God, and I'm confident that's where I'm at. So I'm, I'm, I'm very um, content where we're at, you know, where I'm at, out of boxing, doing God's work, uh, teaching the Bible, preaching. that uh, I'm very content there because, like I said, there's no better place to be than the will of God.
1: Hey, guys, I, I want you, if you get a chance, go to EboElder.com. EboElder.com or TheGreatComeback.com. And, and both will go give, get you the website, get you more information on Ebo and about this book that we're going to talk about. And I want to just quote Ebo. Um, he said, Today I'm a hope dealer. I write books, share how awesome Jesus is, and teach the Bible. I'm also married to my high school sweetheart, and we have four daughters. Uh, four daughters. I am gonna did. start praying even harder for Ebo. I have to be honest with you. I've got four grandsons, and uh, you know I get to go visit them. They both they three of them live ten minutes to the west, and one lives fifteen minutes to the south. So I get to see wow. these boys all the time. But then I get to leave and go to my own house. You have four daughters, and I don't know if he ever wanted a son to be able to teach boxing like uh, his dad did. But the Lord has blessed him with four beautiful daughters and and married his high school sweetheart. Our guest for the entire hour today is Ebo Elders. Again, former professional boxer, founder of Reality Ministries, and the author of the book, The Great Comeback. Coming back from abuse, depression, divorce, and defeat to find victory, freedom, and an amazing life. Go to EboElder.com or TheGreatComeback.com. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 a.m., the Fan.
0: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bayview Shade and Blind. Here are your hosts, Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Kellner, only on 1250
2: a.m. The Fan. I'm just a nobody, trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul ever since you asked me you gave my heart a song to see I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus has right
1: brought a to welcome back to faith in the Zone onm 1250 am the fan I am Mike McGivern again flying solo this week our special guest. He is Ebo Elders, again, former professional boxer, founder of Reality Ministries, and he's the author of the book, The Great Comeback, and I promise we're going to get to that book because I've I've read pieces of it, and there is something in that book for all of us. And The Great Comeback is a book that I would really, I I would just encourage guys to listen about it, and there's going to be somebody, either it's you or somebody in your life, that part of what we talk about in segment three and four about Ebo's life is going to ring out to you. I know it has to me. The book is is about coming back from abuse, depression, divorce, and defeat to find victory, freedom, and amazing life. Again, Eboelder.com. Name of the book, The Great Come back, you boy! I love uh, the second segment for me. on faith in the zone is always the best. You know, the first segment will talk about your upbringing, where you were, you know were you born and raised. And I'll talk a little smack. You know, look, I'm going to nine round a couple times a week, so I put the gloves on. Don't don't you come to Wisconsin? We'll have to spar for a couple of rounds. And you go, yeah, I'm never getting to Wisconsin, so I never have to yeah. worry about backing any of that stuff up. We're in a different weight class, by the way you know, either I'd have to drop a bunch of weight or you'd have to gain a bunch of weight for us to ever have <laughs> to do that. Just so you know, Hey, let's talk a little bit about your testimony. And I know, you know, on this show, we talk about guys, the worst thing they ever do is steal a candy bar in their lives. And then there are guys that have had quite the journey. And I'm one of those, you know, I can't throw uh stones at anybody's house. Cause I have so much glass in my own house. You I just, you know, I've been through, I, I've, Caused way too much trouble. And I'm, I'm, you know, interested to hear kind of your journey. And, and, uh, if you could share your testimony with us, that'd be great.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, early on, uh, unexplainably, uh, God gifted me with faith. And I would say I was about seven or eight years old. I, um, I just knew that, that the Bible was God's word. I knew that, um, Uh, Jesus was was God's son. He died in my place on the cross and that he rose from the dead. And uh, I I believed the gospel uh, at a very early age. And I was saved early on, eight years old, probably. And uh, I got baptized at eight years old, told my parents, I want to get baptized. They asked me, why do you want to do that? I said, because Jesus wants me to. And uh, so I had a great start. To my walk with the Lord, um, but like you know, many young people, I, I got into high school and uh, things things began to change. You know, I never built a foundation in God's Word as a young person. I, you know, I, I wasn't um, I wasn't taught the uh, the value of God's Word and how, how much I really needed it in my life to lead my life and to be the foundation I stood upon. And because of that lack of a foundation, when I got into high school and, you know, temptation and uh, uh, all the things that come with life, I, I got way off track. And, um, yeah, man, you know, I, through high school, I uh, got in all the typical high school things, uh, but, but but God had a plan for my life that was that was sovereign over all the bad choices I would make, all the mistakes I would make. God still had a plan for my life. and I, that's something I great take great rest in is knowing that you know even though I will make mistakes and I will make bad decisions and I will you know at times do the wrong things, you know, because I'm human, um, God still has a plan and and you know Romans eight twenty eight is a familiar passage, but it says that God works all things together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. And I rest in that, and I see God's hand over my entire life, even my mistakes, even the the, uh, sin in my life. So uh, me and my wife got married uh, right out of high school. Uh, Three weeks after we graduated high school, we got married. And we had a perfect future planned out for us, but... um, but we resisted God's will in our life we we neither one of us had a relationship with the lord and uh and it it opened the door for the enemy to wreak havoc and destruction and uh, about a year and a half later we were divorced and uh and man, I reckon i I noticed a void in my life. I felt so empty, so lost, so hopeless, and um instead of going to Jesus to complete me and to satisfy and to fulfill, I went into the world, began using drugs and, you know, cocaine, ecstasy, uh, meth, and uh, all all types of things, and abusing alcohol and sexual immorality, and just believing that those things, things of the world, would satisfy. And uh, interestingly, the more I lived that lifestyle, the emptier I became, the more hopeless I became. And uh you know, about two years of that life living just a, a godless life. And um I reached the end of my rope, man. One night I got down on my knees and, and in my my house I cried out, I gotta find Amy <laughs> Yeah and not I gotta find Jesus. I gotta right. live for Jesus, but I gotta find Amy. I thought Amy could fulfill mm-hmm. me. That was my ex wife at the time. And I found out where she was at and uh and went to her, pleaded pleaded with her friend Katie to tell Amy I needed to see her, I needed to you know hold her hand, I needed to hear her voice again. And that night Amy refused to even see me, told told me to get out of her life. <sighs> I went home and I sat on the side of my bed and uh just analyzed all the dreams I had, dreams of, you know, boxing success, dreams of a family, dreams of Children, you know, we named all of our kids in high school. Uh, Before we were even married, we named our kids. And uh, I sat there on the bed, side of the bed, and just became so hopeless. I pulled a gun out, put it to my head, and I was ready to end my life right there. And uh, as I started to pull the trigger, I heard a still, small voice. And I knew it was God. And he said, Ebo, if you don't quit, I'll do what you can't do. And that was it. And I, but I knew God was with me. I knew he would restore all I had lost, all that I had destroyed. If I would just surrender my life to him and, and live for him. And I, you know, it was that night that I began taking steps towards Jesus. You know, um, it was a long road from there. I mean, if you, if you read my book, you know, it was a several years, I mean, we're all on a journey and it never ends till we go to win this, you know, leave these bodies. Right. So, but, um, but, but God did restore everything. It wasn't long after that he me back into boxing and, you know, I would go to the number five world ranking and do a, you know, win three championship belts and fight on a reality show in 2006. We got the great work in my career and through my career and uh, and he brought Amy back into my life, and Amen. we got remarried. We actually celebrated last night our 20th anniversary. Oh
1: man, that's yeah. awesome! That we've is re- awesome. Yeah,
3: we've been remarried 20 years, and uh, and he gave us the kids. Man, those kids we picked out names for. He gave us four daughters: Maddie, Abby, Gabby, and Addie.
1: <laughs> that's great. What ah. Uh... I've got like tears coming down my cheek. I, I I love the fact and and and, look, I don't know where I'd be without um without my wife, Terry, who, you know, she is just as strong a Christian woman as 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 strong a Christian as I know. And she'd prayed for me a ton. and I've told this story a bunch when it when I needed to stop what I was doing, and I went down to uh, East Side Baptist Church, and that's where she was going. And I walked in, and I knew the pastor there a little bit because I'd meet him on Easter and meet him on Christmas. And I walked in at you know, 9 o'clock on a Sunday night after a Sunday night service and nobody else in the church. And I said, hey, I, I, do you got a minute? He goes, yeah, what's going on? I said, I need some help. He said, I knew you'd come. And I said, what? He said, I knew you would come. I didn't know when, but your wife has been praying for you for years. So I knew yeah. you'd come. And I, I'm telling you, I you know, we were down in Florida a couple weeks ago, Ebo, my oldest brother, uh, right in front of me said, hey, thanks for not leaving him. You know, most people would have <laughs> left him a long time ago. And he was being funny, but he was right. He was right. You know, I, I thank God she did not because I'm not quite sure where I'd be. So you and I, man, godly women in our life has, uh, has just really helped.
3: Yeah, man, uh, you know, uh, The Bible says that when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. Certainly, the Lord has blessed me with a a a great wife, and you know it's uh, it's been a journey, man. Twenty years remarried, and you know neither one of us really surrendered our life to the Lord until we had been remarried for a few years. So, you know, we're we're both really stubborn, and we make things more difficult than they have to be, but. Uh, you know, it's a lot like uh, Acts chapter nine says, it's it's hard to resist God. It's hard to kick against the goat. So, yeah. Um,
1: well, I'm looking at know, I'm looking yeah. at a picture, um, a recent picture of of you and your wife and your daughters, and um, I, I believe it's it's recent. Do you have grandkids yet? We're about to have yep. a grandson. And that's the picture that I'm looking at. And people get sick and tired of me saying this, but you understand you all kicked your coverage a little bit, right? <laughs>
3: yeah, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've got an incredible family.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you, you know, I'm the president of that that that, uh, that club. But you, you can come in. We've got some room for you because Amy's just beautiful and these daughters are just beautiful. And, man, oh, man, I'm so happy can I ask, and if it's personal, it's okay, but she had said no to you that first time when you said, look, I, I need to talk to you. W- what changed? What what changed that, that she said, okay, come on, let's talk? Uh,
3: yeah, so this is a part of the story most people don't get a chance to hear. Now, if you read the book, you'll get this and more. You'll get all the details. But um, you know, so we were we were divorced for uh, about a year and a half, and, and and ended up we we spent one night together, and we, we had a very brief reunion. We thought things were going to work out. Uh, that one night together, our oldest daughter was conceived. We didn't see each other for nine more months, and and I, and I totally. Out of sight, out of mind. I turned pro during that period of time. My life was, you know, moving fast. And um, I remember I got the phone call. Um, September 2nd, 2000, uh, I fought in Las Cruces, New Mexico, on ESPN Friday Night Fights. Main event, had a, I think a third-round knockout. And I come home, and the next morning, I got a phone call from Amy. She said, Evo I want you to know, Maddie was born last night. Oh. And, and in my, I don't know, I was so caught up in my world. I hadn't thought about Amy or our our baby or any of that in, in <laughs> nearly nine months. And I, I said, Maddie who? Oh. <laughs> she, and and uh, she goes, our daughter. And, and it just hit me. I mean, it's it's hard to explain. How you could forget you're about to be a dad. <laughs> yep. But I, uh, but I, uh, this, it, it was, it was the most interesting moment, one of the most interesting moments of my life when I knew I was, I was going to be, a, that I was a dad right then. And, um, it was a journey. Uh, you got to grab the book, it's, it, it goes into the details and how it all transpired. But that God used a baby to bring me and Amy back together, and, um, you know, he, he it's what he does, you know, he, he gives, a, gives a child a life that brings life and births life for a family and a ministry, and uh, my daughter Maddie, she's the greatest blessing, I mean, there's no greater blessing than Maddie, Maddie Wise now, she's married to a godly young man, and they're about to have a, a little boy, any day, she's going to have a little boy, and
1: we're going to have a grandson. Amen. You're, uh, there was a guy in Faith in the Zone a while back. He's a pastor in North Carolina who said this. Had I known how cool it was to be a grandfather, I would have skipped the parenthood thing altogether. <laughs> and I'm telling you, Eva, you are in. that. <coughs> excuse me. That little boy is going to be spoiled, and there's mm. nothing you can do about it because a- you and Amy— I, I look these four grandsons that I have. The youngest one is Liam Michael McGivern. Good, good, li- a little Irish name. And my son sent me a little video of him saying "papa" for the first time. Oh wow! I, I I didn't respond. I jumped in the car, ran to the toy store, bought a couple of like a basketball and a couple of things, and drove to his house. Knocked on the door, my son said, What are you doing? I said, Are you kidding? I almost bought him a pony. Like yeah. the, you know, here you go. And and yeah, it's it's awesome. We are talking to Ebo Elders. We keep talking about this book. Name of the book, The Great Comeback. Two ways for you to take a look at it. Go to Eboelder.com or thegreatcomeback.com. And I'll just tell you this, and this is right from the back of the book. Maybe you need a comeback from a forgotten dream. Maybe it's a comeback from a struggle hardship, or loss. Maybe it's a comeback from depression, anxiety, guilt, or regret. Maybe you need a comeback in your marriage. You need a financial comeback. Or maybe a comeback to forgiveness. That's the one that got me. Or maybe a comeback to forgiveness. It's the great comeback. Ebo Elder shows you how to come back from life's struggles. Matt Merritt, who we talked about, former pro soccer player, and a great story of redemption, wrote this. Ebo puts his takes his guard down. And he invites the reader into the ring of his life and with heart wide open with every wound is it apparent that the world's bandages do nothing to heal his soul. Evil's life is a, is proof that their world sees failure, God sees future. And when, you're place, when you place your faith in Jesus, even brokenness brings forth blessedness. And I'm, I, look, I'm, I've already ordered the book, and I'm going to order it for a couple other guys that, that I know that are struggling with some stuff. And the easiest way to do that is go to eboelder.com, thegreatcomeback.com. When you're on that website and you're ordering that book, there is a place to help him. And we're going to talk about his ministry next, but there's a place, a giving tab, that if you're feeling led to help him continue this ministry, and it's a great ministry— We're going to talk to him about some of that on the other side of the break, but there is a place on that website, again, thegreatcomeback.com or eboelder.com. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan.
0: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bayview Shade and Blind. Here are your hosts, Mike McGivern, and Pastor Ken Kellner, only on 1250 AM, The Fame.
2: I'm just a nobody, trying to tell everybody, all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see. Nobody but Jesus. And David brought a rock to
1: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM. The fan, I am Mike McGivern and our guest, Ebo Elders. And again, I want to thank Matt Merrick for, for introducing him and I. Ebo is a professional, former professional boxer. Again, founder of Reality Ministries and author of the book, The Great Comeback coming back from abuse, depression, divorce, and defeat to find victory, freedom, and an amazing life. And certainly, you know, happy anniversary to him and Amy, 20 years. Um, you know, they'd gotten divorced early, right out of high school. If you listen to that second segment and, and now 20 years in and growing stronger, I think every day, Hey, let's talk about your ministry if we can and and what kind of things that that you're doing. You know, we had Tony Dungy on a long time ago and he talked about utilizing our platform. Whatever platform the Lord has for you. If you work at, you know, a gas station or you're the president of a company, you utilize the platform that he has given you to spread the word and you certainly have done that. Ebo and I, and I'm you know, re- reading some of the testimonials on uh, testimonials on your website, I, I loved this one. Pastor uh, Marty Burroughs from Northwood Church in Spring, Texas, said, "Ebo Elder is a man who can ch- you can trust to deliver a strong message of inspiration and hope. His story is one of love, conflict, addic- addiction, fame, loss, depression, and redemption. The heart of this X boxer is to fight for the souls." of those that are heading down the path of destruction and i thought man i don't know if you could write a better testimony for for somebody so i i appreciate uh pastor marty burroughs saying that about you coming to speak at at their church and him hearing you and i've listened to a number of of um, some of the the speeches that you've given, some of the talks that you've given at different places, and really encouraging. Ibo, and you and the Lord has just really blessed you with a capability of reaching people that are that are listening and watching you.
3: Well, thank you, Mike. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, like, like you mentioned, Tony, use, what do you say? You got to use your platform.
1: Yes. Well,
3: you know, your platform and your gifting. What is your gifting? What gift has God given you? Amen. And uh, you know, the Lord started our ministry back in 2007 as a, a primarily testimony-based evangelism, traveling evangelist. And and you know, my story is a—it's a powerful story of God's redemption and a and a broken life, and how God can restore a broken marriage and breathe life into that which is dead. And that's what God did. And you know, my, my story has impacted lots of people. God has used it to, to save many, and um, I, I would say I've probably spoken at, a, you know, well over a thousand different venues, events, churches, uh, public schools, colleges, you name it, and um, and it is about being faithful to use the platform and faithful to use the gift God has given. Um through the years, God has transitioned me from an evangelist to to, to a Bible teacher, and uh, you know, I fell in love with the Bible um, about 13, to 10, 12, 13 years ago. Just fell in love with the Bible and and the, the impact it had in my life and for my walk. You know, I I was saved and knew Jesus and 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 was a, identified as a Christian. For decades, but I never had a foundation in the Word of God, and that is what transformed my life. Um, you know, somewhere between ten and twelve years ago. Hey,
1: what what is your favorite book in the Bible? And, and do you have one or are they, you know, depending on which book you're reading, you know, it's kind of like guys that like baseball, basketball, football, what season is it? And I'm wondering, yeah. mine is the book of Ephesians and it, uh, it's the first real book that I that I, I, I would, I was digging into and, and talking about putting the full body of armor on and being a better husband and a better father. And I'm wondering for you, is there a, is there a go-to book,
3: <laughs> you know, I like what you said about. It's whatever season I'm in because really it is wherever I'm teaching at the time that that happens to probably be my favorite book. But, you know, for some practical reasons, I love uh, the creation account in Genesis uh, one through three. Uh, Just just so much truth and just so much um, packed in three chapters. Well, I love the creation account. I love science apologetics. Um, my faith was increased more when I studied and taught through the creation account than any other time in my life. So I, I love that. I love, uh, you know, I love prophecy. I love the book of Revelation, um, a book that many people shy away from for for various reasons. I love the book of Revelation. Yeah. I love the Gospel of John.
1: Hey, that yeah. we just got done at Brookside Baptist Church uh, for a year and a half going through the Book of Revelation, and and I'll tell you what, part of that, Evo, and, and and look, I, I'm 100% Irish, right? A tough guy. I used to be a tough guy, and and um, that book scares me. That book really. <laughs> there's parts of that that man, I was up at night thinking about, and and that book scared me. I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that's a book that you know people need to to start paying attention to in the world that we're living in
3: yeah you know it's uh it is a good thing to have a healthy righteous fear of god and that that's you know it's a reverence for god and i think that's one thing in our nation we've drifted from is a reverence for god um you go to middle eastern countries where christianity is uh, you can lose your life for being a Christian, and, and there's a reverence for God that I think, largely speaking, we don't have here in America because it's been so easy, and I say easy with air quotes, it's been easy in America to be a Christian, and, and but it's getting more difficult, yes. and I think that's a good thing for the Church, actually.
1: He is Ebo Elder again. The name of the book, and and I can't recommend you go to EboElder.com uh, more. And 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 I've said this with a couple of websites in the past. Don't think that you're going to be able to go to that website and you've got an appointment in ten minutes. You got to get out the door because you're going to be late for the appointment. That's I, I'm I'm telling you, don't call and yell at me that you were late for something because you started watching the videos and reading about Ebo Elder. But it it is a really good website, and and you get this uh, this feeling that this is a man who's been through a lot, and he's he doesn't shy away. He's an open book. In fact, um, one more testimony about him coming to speak somewhere. Tim Bach, Icon City founder, said this and. I love this. Ebo Elder has entered a new ring, not for money, but for souls. His world class skills as a fighter captivate crowds, young and old, but his ability to lead them to the cross has captivated me. And boy, what a great testimony that Tim Bach yeah. has given Ebo Elder. We're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, I've got a couple of questions. It's going to be a short segment. One of them, if you could get one more round. With one of the fights, and he's had a, a lot of fights as an amateur and a lot as a pro, if he could get one more round back, who would it be against? And we're going to ask him that, and two other questions I have, but we'll be able to get to him. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM The Fan.
0: Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here are hosts, Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner, only on 1250 AM, The Fan.
2: Cause I'm just a nobody, trying to tell everybody, all about somebody, who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus.
1: Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGiver. What a great guest Ebo Elders is. Again, former professional boxer. He is uh, founder of Reality Ministries and the author of the book, The Great Comeback. And I, I told you this about going to that website. Be careful. Make sure that you have have a few minutes to to go through it because um, it catches you. And I've been on it a lot looking at it. And this book, if you need a comeback from a number of things, anxiety or guilt or regret, if you maybe need a comeback to forgiveness, that's my favorite part where he says a comeback to forgiveness, go to this uh this website eboelder.com or the great and pick up that book. Hey, we only have a, a short amount of time, Ebo, when you talked in the first segment about as a 7 or 8 year old, you know, knowing that 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 the Lord died on on the cross for our sins. Do you know who who taught that to you as a kid that age or was it something that that you picked up and I'm wondering who's going to be waiting for you in heaven to say uh-huh. welcome?
3: Yeah, you know, uh, it has to be just from a couple of the churches we attended. You know, we weren't a, a Christian family uh, at that point. You know, but we attended church occasionally, and it must have just been attending church, and you know, the seed of God's word being planted in the the soft heart of a young boy. You know, Jesus says, "Come to Him like children." That's exactly what I did.
1: Man, I, I whoever that was, I, I hope that you get to think that person um one day. Hey, this question of if you could, you know, we can't, you know, and, and I and I ask a lot of um uh, athletes if I could get one uniform out of the closet and you get one more game. But I thought if I, you know, if I could somehow, you know, go back in time and 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 say, look, you get one more uh, one more round or one more fight, something like that. Is there something that pops in your head um, as far as man, I I, I wish that I would have done something different in that fight or against that guy.
3: Yeah, you know that's a really easy question right there. So, uh, I, you know, you may think I'd go back to one of my my pro one of my three pro losses. You know, and and in the natural aspect of things, that's where I would go to one of my three pro losses because I could have you know slipped that punch or kept my guard up better or whatever. But um, but I know that God was. God is sovereign over my entire life, and I see every loss as a pro, as a benefit to my life that He used it for good. Um, so I'm immediately taken back to my amateur career where He did the same thing, but there was one fight in particular that I wasn't the best I could be, but I hadn't prepared, I hadn't trained like I knew I should have. And there's only been one fight in my entire pro or amateur career that that's the case. And it was my second fight against a guy named um, Dmitry Pavlachinkov. He was the Russian Olympian and we first fought in the 1998 Goodwill Games, Madison Square Garden, uh, HBO. In 1998, we fought and I beat him in the first fight. And we fought again, uh, I don't know how long, it was about a year later, I think. We fought at Foxwoods in Connecticut. And I took him lightly. I said, yeah, i beat him once. I'll beat him again. And I went in unprepared. And if there's any fight I could do again, it'd be that one.
1: Man, that's awesome. That's a great answer. He was 20. And I didn't mention this. um, He was 20, uh, 22 and three as a pro boxer. He, and we talked about how many wins he had as an amateur, 170. So he was used to winning, and now when you when you read the testimony and you listen to him, he, he's going to win some souls for God because that's the journey he is on. Ebo Elders, thank you so much again. EboElders.com or TheGreatComeback.com. Congratulations not only on the anniversary to you and Amy, but for your first grandson, and I'm, I'm praying that everybody is healthy And I'm I'm just telling you that this boy is going to be spoiled like crazy. And and I love that. So congratulations on that.
3: Yeah, we can't wait. Thank you so much, Mike. It's great to be on the show. I hope your listeners have been encouraged today.
1: Amen to that. Again, EboElders.com. Thanks for listening. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan.
0: You've been listening to Faith in the Zone. With hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner, you can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip on a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on 12:50 a.m the fans.
2: i I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody. All about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to see. I'm living for the world to see. Nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see. Nobody but Jesus. When Moses had stage fright, and David brought a rock to a sword fight. You picked 12 outsiders, nobody would have chosen, and you changed the world. Well, the moral of the story is everybody's got a purpose. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours